It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. Yes, it's the July edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel of Bearcat Journal, Rick Boring of Musketeer Report. Boys, before we get into college basketball, a shout out to the, to the folks at Madtree who apparently listen to the podcast. Hey guys. They've, they've got their own uh, they got their own brand based on based on what we talked about. Sup? We like beers. We like beers. Summertime short pants beers, especially. Summertime and short pants beers. Yeah. Two beers. The thing is, though, you have to wear summertime short pants to enjoy a summertime short pants ale. I don't know if that – do they have that, like, posted at the bar? Is that, like, bar rules there? That's my rule. Oh, okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to go there well, and yeah. tell them we're the namesake of that beer right there. Yeah, where did you get that? Where did huh. you – Where did you? who took the hmm. picture? Where did you find that? What did you think? Hmm. Dan, my guy uh, – he, Was he there and saw it? And yeah, saw it? yeah. He did he almost fall off the bar stool when he saw it? I, I wasn't there, so I'm not sure, but uh, I think he he pointed it out. So he obviously noticed. Uh, that's tremendous. How could you not notice? Yes. That's... I like that they, they reversed it. Yeah, short pants summertime, so yeah. as to not like smart, smart copyright lawyers by them. Yeah, yeah. Hey, just flip one word, you're good to go. It's all good. We don't have to pay them anything. Well, you don't have to pay just beer. It's just all, send us a free beer. Just send it's us a free, just friends and free summertime. Right, a couple growlers. A short pants summertime beer. Yeah, we'll enjoy it wearing our summertime short there pants. Was, there was a, there was one named after Gamble too. What was it called? Chief. Something Chief. That's tremendous. <laughs> like a, a, Angry Chief? Something Chief. I don't remember what exactly it was. but it Ang- was... Angry Chief, one, is a great namesake for Gamble, and two, be a great like beer. A good that's beer. a hell of a beer. That'd be a yeah. great beer. I would drink an Angry Chief. That's going to be on the board at Mad Tree. It's one of those ones, you know, you can't, have, you can't have more than three Angry Chiefs, man. Yeah, it's that, going to be a bad night for you. That's like an IPA that after you drink three of them, you feel like someone just hits you right between Correct. the ball paint. Hand. So good. So good the first two. The third one about four, three quarters of the way down. And you're like, why did I order a phone? Yeah, you know the why? ultimate beer like that for me? Maybach from Hofbrau House. In the Big Stein? You're not allowed to get it in the Big Stein. Okay. They canceled that after our first summer of drinking it in the large one. Because you would drink two and you would feel really good. And then you would get up to like walk Like take home. two steps and fall straight forward. Wow. Bang. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good at all. So they stopped selling the big ones. You can only buy the little ones. That's now. bourbon barrel for me. It just feels too much like a beer. I feel yes, fine. And yes. Also, it's like, oh yeah, it's that it's that late kick. Yeah, fairly. Uh, we'll go some. We'll go sample a uh, short pants summertime beer before summertime's over with. So we should go podcast there. Maybe we should. Maybe mm. we should. Huh. Mm. Hey man, mm. Trey, shout out. That's all I can tell you. How about that? What's up? All right, boys. We are uh, in the July period, the July recruiting period, and, and um, let's get a couple updates on on both Xavier and, and UC. I'll start with with you, Rick. What, what's new on the Xavier front, recruiting wise, and how's the summertime going for the Musketeers? Well, I think the big thing is just you've got an entirely new staff. So, I mean, even just from my perspective, I'm getting used to, like, you know which areas their kind of strength is, but then all of a sudden all these coaches always have, like, a guy that they knew from their area from high school or whatever that's now somewhere else or whatever the case is. They have connections in other places. So when you're seeing the name pop up from some random territory, they're like – where, who's recruiting that guy? Where's he coming from? You have to kind of figure out and do some do some legwork there. So it's been interesting from that perspective. I think not only is this big because it's an important class for Travis Steele with it being his first one and everything, but it's big numbers-wise. They're going to have at least four guys, I think, in this 2019 class, ideally. So it's just a, a really wide net right now. There's a lot of names cycling through, and it's been a lot of kind of figuring out what's real and which are the priority targets versus what are guys that are kind of either backup options or just a name that they threw their hat in, but they know they're not going to spend a lot of time on because they know they can't get them. 
And I think right now the biggest priority is solidifying the front court for the future. I think their big focus is on landing a big man and maybe a couple of them likely if they could. Um, and, and the top target, I think you'd have to look at Daniel Ramsey, a kid up Georgia who's 6'9", athletic, um, just a lot of upside, probably more upside than production right now, but he's still getting a lot done as like a rebound dunker, athletic guy around the rim. I know they've been trying to get another guy in for this year's team. Is is that out the window? Uh, my answer to that would be it's never out the window, um, especially with the numbers situation they're in. I think they could add almost anything if they found someone that they liked enough. But in, Finding someone's not easy in late July. It, well, and you may be able to find someone, but my, my big thing would be do not expect them to add an impact. Right. right. You know, if they would have gotten Gino Crandall, I thought that was a big-time impact guy. I thought he would have probably started and made them a different team and really given them a much higher upside. And after they didn't get him, I think you're pretty much reserved to the, the nine or ten guys or whatever it is, so basically sort of the top seven that you know are going to be able to contribute right now. That's what you have. And then you hope maybe one of those freshmen or something come from out of nowhere and, and give you something off the bench as well. I will say every once in a while, it's, it's not regular, but every once in a while you will see a couple names – Grant transfer names pop in August because maybe they didn't think they were going to get their coursework done. Well, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, is there a, is there a grant transfer out there that, that is, is still floating around that you not think really of? Not really any that are on the that, market that's right what, now. That's what I thought. But that's not to say that in August you don't see yeah. you know one or two more, three more unexpected that pop up. And let's be honest, Xavier's a pretty good situation if somebody – yeah, because like like, you could legitimately up. start. I mean, one, maybe start, but two, I, no, almost undoubtedly, if you're a great transfer transfer into the program, you're fitting into the top eight of the rotation, which means right. you're playing significant minutes on a team that could be pretty good. So, um, but you're talking about we're talking now a two to three week window before school starts. Right. So there's and not, you're there's, talking, not like, there's maybe one or two guys that it happens with. So it, it's a small window and a small but, chance that. Uh, yeah, it I guess one thing I would say, kind of your point is, there probably aren't a lot of programs right now that, that are looking to add somebody this late in the game that it's a good program. I mean, there's probably programs that are looking to add, but, but where Xavier's Especially looking to add, year. yeah, where Xavier's looking to add, it's a good program looking to add. So you're right. It could be a good fit for somebody if, if that's the case, but boy, the window isn't very, very wide open. Yeah. They'd be an attractive option, but the chances of them adding anyone are highly unlikely. And the chances of them adding a difference maker for one year, uh, it's, Probably not going to happen. Yeah. I wouldn't count on it. Yeah. Don't hold your breath. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, now at the UC Bearcats, what's, what's new on their front? Recruiting is very uh, narrow. Uh, the the net is not very wide this year. I mean, if you look at the roster, you've got two shooting guards, two small forwards, three power forwards, and two centers. Not only that are there for this year, that are also going to be there for next year. Uh, the main area is, you know, Justin Jennifer and Kane Broomer seniors. So you're going to have both of your point guards on the way out. You've got Logan Johnson that's a freshman this year. But you need more than just Logan Johnson at your point guard spot. And Keith Williams and Trevor Moore and Jaron Cumberland, Rashawn Fredericks, not point guards. So they've been very dialed in um, on a couple guys, two top 100 guys. Uh, and then a guy I was telling you about um, as the show started named Caleb Mills who was basically completely unknown until July hit. Yeah, and then I looked him up and I said, hey, he's got offers from here, Auburn, Florida State, Clemson. I mean, it was all of a sudden you look at Xavier threw, their name, threw the name in there. Yeah, so the, yeah. It, and, and Roy Williams watched him twice last week, and North Carolina was there again for him last night. I actually think Larry Davis might move into his house Monday. <laughs> Literally every picture from the summer 
every picture of Caleb Mills, Larry Davis. He's in the, in background, the background. In the background. Last week, he sat in the same seat. I don't think he got up. He sat in the same seat the entire event. Every game, he was right there underneath the backboard in, like, the third seat every game. I, I, and I, you got to be seen. And I've always wondered this in recruiting. At what point does a kid just get sick of a guy? Oh, I think it happens. Quickly? Oh, I think it happens with almost every high-level recruit, but it's like a love-hate thing. Right. I mean, because they all want that attention, and they like it some of the time, but then other times, yeah, when you're just trying to hang out with your boys and your phone keeps blowing up, but you still want to text the guy back because it's a high-major assistant at some big-time program, yeah, I'm sure that gets annoying at times. So it's, like I said, love-hate, I'm sure. I'd say it probably depends on the level of school. Like, that kid's not, not, not getting tired of hearing from North Carolina anytime soon. After, you know, they just picked up interest sure. two weeks sure. ago. Oh, yeah. And he's from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. The, the funny thing is, kid, the kid is from Roy Williams' hometown. He said in his first, like, big interview since North Carolina started recruiting him with the North Carolina 24-7 site, big Roy Williams fan, but Duke's his team. Wow. That's <laughs> going out in, ca- in case Coach K decides, ah, I need to look hey, at this you know kid. What? Yeah, that's <laughs> Coach K over it's good, here. It's good marketing on the kid's part, for goodness sakes. Yeah. I read that and I had to go back and read it again. Love Roy Williams. He's from where I'm from, but I'm a Duke fan. Yeah, well, he'll love Roy Williams if he offers him a scholarship. I will, I will yeah, probably guarantee, guarantee you that. Um, anything else on the UC front? I mean, in terms of recruiting, not a whole lot. I mean, there, you know, there's some guys that, that, that play inside or that on, on the wing that they've taken a look at, but nothing has really <clears throat> progressed like it has with Kiki Tandy, Samari Curtis, Caleb Mills. Like, those have clearly been the three guys that, that they have made a priority. And now Curtis, I think, is done for the summer, uh, done till his high school season. Yeah, he put October and the peace sign on his Twitter last night. He didn't play last weekend because he played one game last weekend and then sat out. Where were they last? Where was he last weekend? Milwaukee, okay. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, Kiki Tandy's an interesting one because Chris Mack was in on him at Xavier. Uh, that's where my kid I placed placed high school ball for me was Grand last Rapids. week. That's right. Um, uh, and obviously, I'm guessing Chris Mack still has interest in him. He's a Kentucky kid. He goes to a school, University Heights, kind of in the uh, south south southwestern part of the state. Um, Will will both will both UC and Xavier have to fight Chris Mack for that kid? I guess he is playing so. for Kiki Tandy. So I think look, actually I'm glad you brought this up because we were talking about it on uh, Lance's show the other day, and some UC fans got mad about me. And I, it's kind of it stinks kind of talking about recruiting sometimes on a radio show like that where you're doing short segments sure. and you only have like a minute or two to talk about the recruiting thing because. Everyone like took it as I was taking a shot at uh, at UC when I said I don't think Samari Chad was making a point that like it's going to be interesting to see UC and Xavier battle out with Samari Curtis and I said I don't really look at his recruitment as a UC and Xavier battle um, because I don't think he has a choice right now. Well, I mean, well, like he's I, like twelfth on Indiana's board, and Ohio State just got a five star point guard. Right? right, I know. Like, like I, but like I said, I look he committed to Xavier. I'll get back to Tandy. In sure, second, no, you're fine. Right you're good. Um, he committed to Xavier. You. I think you'll agree with all this. UC was the first time major school to offer him and the first time major school to really be in on him. Mick Cronin personally was recruiting the heck out of him early in his high school career. Right. So UC was out in front of that, you would have thought, and then he still committed to Xavier. Then he decommits from Xavier, which, and it wasn't because of the coaching change. He waited weeks after the coaching change to do it. A month and a half. And Travis Steele was the lead recruiter on him anyway, so you wouldn't think that would have changed anything. 
So I think you would agree that it's probably unlikely that he recommits to Xavier, or at least that wasn't the intention when he decommitted was to end up at Xavier. And if you already didn't commit to UC when they were the, the only high major school who was really in on you first and, and more than Xavier at that point, it, I find it hard to believe that he decommitted to Xavier because he was like, oh, no, UC is really where I wanted to be because he already had big-time interest from UC. What was new was schools like Ohio State and Indiana showing him interest, and I think the big-time conferences interested him. Now, I will agree with you that things might be different, and he might not be a top target for them, although I will say I think he's a two-guard, not a point guard. He thinks he's a point guard, which I fully understand. But I still think if Ohio State really decides we want you – he might make an exception to this whole I want to be a point guard rule that yeah. he has and say I really want to play at Ohio State because it's been rumored by a few people around him that that was the big thing that made him go away from Xavier, which was he thought he was going to get an offer from Ohio State now because they started showing him interest. Um, that's all I was saying there. It wasn't a shot at like, oh, he would never go to UC. He very well may up in there, and it may become a UC and Xavier thing, but once he decommitted from Xavier, I didn't look at it as a UC and Xavier battle. However, Kiki Tandy, I think, is much more of a Xavier-UC battle right now. I think those are the two schools at the top for him. I wouldn't rule out Iowa State. I wouldn't either. I think there are probably two or three other schools that are in the Auburn, mix for Iowa sure. Iowa State, Tennessee to a lesser extent. But if you're asking me who the top two schools are right now, and you factor in the a lot of Kentucky kids don't go far away from home to play. I mean, yeah. they say within kind of the region. And also, it's been said that Tandy is likely to stay closer to home. Um, I mean, that's so far out. It's kind of close to Iowa, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It's, it's close to Missouri, I would tell you that, which makes it close enough. It is far out there, that school, University Heights. Yeah. What's that? University Heights. It is way out there in the state of Kentucky. It's, yeah. it's, it's on the, it's on the edge. I not that far from University yeah. Heights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it, the, the connection there being Steve Prom coached at Murray State. Right. He's, he's strong right. in that area like Mick Cronin was strong in that area. Um, so that's the connection. I, I, I've heard a lot of Ohio's, or Iowa State talk on him now. Maybe they back off a little bit in July. I don't know. I've been laid up with ice wherever it shouldn't be. But but this is also where I, this is also where I get it back into the Samari Curtis thing and why I personally don't see him being a UC commit is because I think UC leads for Kiki Tandy. I think he's a perfect fit for Mick Cronin's system. I think Mick has gone pretty much all in on him at this point and has been he's gone all in on pretty much both. So it's going to be right. really and interesting I, to I'm see. Not, I'm not saying he hasn't regretted right. Samari the same no, way. And also um, the Mills kid. He, he's been all in on all these guys. Um, the thing with Mills, though, I think they see him more as a as a two guard, as a scoring guard. Yeah. Where but Tandy like, and, 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 and Curtis. Uh, Curtis, they see as combos that you can play – at the one as a score as a score yeah I, I i'm just clarifying i think they see like i think they could i don't think you could take tandy and curtis i think there's a scenario where you could take mills and one of those guys not that it would happen but yeah, there's a scenario I mean, but not in those kids minds right you know what i mean yeah um and tandy like curtis and tandy aren't going to commit to the same no. place, obviously um and i don't think curtis for sure isn't going to commit to a place where tandy or mills go so like either one of them so like i i just think that UC is probably in the best position to get Kiki Tandy. I also think Xavier is in a really good spot right now because they've been right there for him, and they have the recruiting Daniel Ramsey who plays on the same AAU Yeah, team. so they've been there a lot, too. So they've shown him just as much love, and Chris Mack had already put in a lot of work. He had been to Xavier last year for the Villanova game. So if you ask me the top two schools, I'd say it's UC and Xavier. The only difference is I think Xavier would wait and not push for a commitment right now because they've got a couple other point guards that they're higher on at the moment, whereas I think UC right now would try to get is trying to push him. And that's, again, all I'm saying there. I don't think it's that Xavier doesn't want him. 
I think it's just UC is going to recruit him better in would, the coming weeks. Would Louisville get in with Kiki Candy now? That's the, I think that's an interesting Because Chris, Chris, was, Chris was obviously right. recruiting him. Chris, but the, but they, Chris has the relationship. toes. Like, they haven't. But Chris has enough relationship and has recruited him enough and knows the people there. Like, have, like, Chris has been around the situation enough to make it seem like he's been recruiting him full board the whole time, even if Louisville really wasn't. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, but, I mean, since he's gotten the job, they've been – Mild, like they've made a couple calls. But you also know how this. And works. this is a Kentucky fan, right? But you also know how this works. If the kid feels like Louisville is the biggest offer to yeah. him because he's in the state of Kentucky and he didn't get a Kentucky, yeah, it, 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 shove it, in it, Kentucky. it could come late in the game and he go, I'll right. take it. Like these kids will switch on an instant, even if they, you know, they talk about loyalty of the teams that have been in there from the beginning. But like, if he feels that Louisville's been the good, Caleb Mills, biggest offer, right? North Carolina gives that offer. Guess what? Caleb Mills recruitment is done. Yeah. And, and so I think that's going to be the, the big thing with Kiki Tandy is, like, do you see maybe a Louisville make this tougher? Because if not, I think UC is in a really good position. And by the way, I don't think you can find a better player-coach fit than Kiki Tandy and McCrone. I think that's – Yeah, I mean, he's tough. He's physical. Super athletic. Like, I think he's kind of the point where Mick hasn't been able to land recently. Like, he's kind of gotten guys that are not quite exactly – I wonder how much of a combo he is, though. Well, he he might be that, but he is a. But I think Mick's okay. Lane, yeah. like Mick wants a tough defender that can play fast and lead his. Like he can definitely play fast in transition on offense, get out and run and turn defense into offense, which I think Mick likes. And then defensively, I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to be really good, especially if he's playing under Mick Cronin. I agree. All right, there's a, there's another guy because he's got these local, at least local enough from Pendleton County, Dante Allen, who's I don't think just we're agree here. who's just blown up this summer. Um, he's been playing varsity basketball since the eighth grade. Um, he's played on. He's never played on really high level AAU teams. He's played on some good AAU teams at, at a lower like shoe a level. Last year, yeah, right. Two it, weeks last yeah, year, he used to play for Trisha, Trisha Mack. He did. That's yeah. correct. And they're they're a, they're a nice level, but they're oh, not shoe level. Team, yeah, they're not shoe level. Not yeah, shoe correct. Um, he played for Romeo Langford. For Correct. Like a week and a half on that. Year, uh, what was it, the Elite Twenty Two or whatever it was called? It was something. Yeah, Twenty Two Vision. Twenty Two Vision. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. Um, but he's blown up this summer. Um, suddenly Louisville offers and Kentucky. He's he's going to visit Kentucky. And there's a belief Kentucky's going to offer. Um, a. How is he blown up to that to that extent? And and could he? Is he really a Kentucky fit? And, and I'm not trying to diss the kid. I'm, me, whatever happens to the kid, I'm happy for him. I hope it works out for him. Let me say one thing before we sure. get started on this. Remember, and Xavier's in on. I mean, yeah, you, the one and done is going away at the latest in 2021. At the absolute latest in 2021. Yeah, and you need to start preparing for that as a you coach. You have to start preparing yes. for that. Yeah. you need sophomores and juniors and upper, you know, guys that have been in your system for a while. By the time you get those to guys that would point, be juniors. juniors by then. Yes, you, you need that by the time you get to, and you might even redshirt him this year if you bring him to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You have to have that. You have to start preparing for that now, because if you try to prepare I, for it, I, I think Cal. Hang on. I think Cal's way of preparing for that is he retires in 2020. That's fine. But okay, go ahead. But if you try to prepare for that in 2021, you're in deep trouble because you're not getting sure. no, you're, any I, of the top 15 guys. Right, that's right. And, and, and so I'll I just that. want that. I want that out there as we enter this conversation, Rick. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you there, and that's why I think UK is going to offer him next week when he visits, and I think he's going to commit to Kentucky. Like, quite honestly, I think that's pretty much the case. I'd be shocked if that's not how it goes down. If Kentucky doesn't offer, or maybe if they put him in a position where they say, you can commit right now on your visit, 
or their offer goes away, basically. Right. You know, put him in one of those situations. But I, we're not going to recruit I, you. You can commit right now. I would say this. He, he was invited over a few times to play some open gyms. He obviously has enough interest. He's a Kentucky kid. I don't know if he's a Kentucky fan. I really don't. He but he's, he's a Kentucky kid. He's from Falmouth. Correct. I don't think it, you which, for those that don't know, <laughs> Falmouth to Lexington is not very far. It's probably a 40-minute drive, maybe 45 minutes. You're not minutes, allowed whatever. to root for anybody no, I, else if you live in Falmouth. <laughs> well, if you do, you're, you're, you're like in the, in you're, the fringes. You're booted to California. It's, it's probably – you're booted across, actually booted across the Ohio River is what you're really booted to. Um, so, yeah, I, I would think that, that if they offer, he jumps at that offer and it's a done deal at that stage. And I, I would be hard-pressed to see not – to, to, to not see them make that offer based on a, there is some pressure on Cal right or wrong to get a Kentucky kid now and again. I, and well, there's three really good. Yes. Ones yeah. Right. And, and but I think He's not getting David Johnson. Correct. The Kiki Tandy ship sailed when his dad made the comments that he made. That list leaves Deontay out. Yeah, and and hopefully it works out for him. I, the question is, what, what, how is he blown up this summer though? Because it went from. Well, you know, that that OVC Mac level, and I'm not dissing it, to in the sp- bam, major offers. In the spring, I was hoping no one thought he was any good because I thought he was maybe an NKU kind of guy. Um, and now we're talking about him going to Kentucky. So he definitely blew up. The thing is, I think, you know, two years ago, like coming into his junior year, he was looked at as a 6'3 with maybe some length combo guard, right. uh, shooting guard type guy. Now he's a 6'6" play him anywhere between the one and four type of guy because he's played point guard most of his life. He's probably not a natural point guard, especially not now at 6'6", with not great at He doesn't have great handle. No. He, I mean, he just doesn't. He has a, he has a good handle. Good, not great, not great yes. Um, but I think you combine all that skill, um, being able to handle the ball, being able to pass the ball. He shoots it well. Not He's not a knockdown shooter. Uh, but you combine all that with now the fact that he's 6'6". And, he, and he is long. I mean, the, he's got six, six long. That, that long wingspan. And, yeah. and again, not a great athlete, but an okay athlete. He's not a bad athlete. Um, he just becomes exactly what everyone's looking for on the wing. A guy that can do everything and play multiple positions and defend multiple spots and switch screens. And he's kind of your ideal 2-3-4 man in today's game. My question would be, one, can he beat anybody off the dribble at the high, the highest level of basketball? I think that's one con- main concern for him. And two, defensively, I don't know that he can stay with with high-level threes. I think his best spot would probably be the four, but he's going to have to get quite a bit stronger to play the four at this Like I, The athleticism stuff that you're talking about, I think, comes into play. Like, I think he has proven, and, and why he has blown up, he has proven he's high-major skilled. I think it's the intangible stuff that – you you wonder with him and the question being how long does it take when he gets to college is it a year is it two years before that stuff really starts to develop which and maybe maybe based on what you're talking about maybe a red shirt circumstance is good for him maybe that's the perfect scenario for him i mean if he goes to kentucky that may be an option other than that yeah 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 now he's a top 50 kid yeah Yeah, right you're not talking red i'm talking about kentucky i mean i'm I'm doing this mostly germane to kentucky and i still don't think even at kentucky i don't think that's you know something that happens to a lot of kids of his caliber in 2018 it's just not how college basketball works well generally they only have 10 guys on the roster so you don't really it's not really there's no point red shirting guys is what happens to like the 12th or 13th guy with 10th guy you can't redshirt him because you're going to need it yeah right right so i mean the numbers would 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 depend on whether that was really an option i would think yeah, yeah I, I heard after the first evaluation period of july that first week where he played really well and started getting those big time you know the louisville offer came and you saw cal watching him at games you saw north carolina watching him at games i had heard from a few people 
that we'll see. Like that, they were kind of like, this might be a flavor of the week kind of thing. He's getting hyped up in every game because there's a lot of scouts out seeing him. After last week when he did it again right. and did it against some, some pretty good players, I think everyone now is pretty all on board with him. So it, it seems like the Kentucky offer is probably likely to happen. Yeah, Griffin McKenzie had a good July one time. It happens. It happens. Certainly happens. It, it happens. It definitely happens. That, uh, that was me. I, I'm not comparing him to Griffin McKenzie. I'm just I, – I just – It's with, a fair point. With him – When you're going off of two weeks on this. Yeah. Because in the spring, he wasn't a guy that UK would have even considered. Right. With him, I think he – like I said, I think he has proven the skill level is of that quality, of the next step quality. I just – the athleticism, who does he guard – See, I, I don't think he has a problem guarding threes in college. Now, if you're asking to guard point guards, maybe even some twos, and again, it gets murky when you start talking about twos, threes, and fours. Yeah, college right. At this point. But, just talk about guys on the perimeter, I guess. There's, put it this way. I think there's always someone between the two through four positions on the court that he's going to be able to guard That's and fair. not put you at a disadvantage. That's fair. Um, I don't think he's going to be a poor defender. I think he's going to be an average to maybe above average because he's really long. And, um, and again, not like he's not quick laterally, but he's an okay athlete. Like, he's not a bad athlete by it. He's not Trayvon Blewett. Right. You know, he's not J.P. McCarron in terms of his um, deficit in foot speed and athleticism. Um, you guys used to go on the road a lot together. Um, <laughs> how, how were those days? Do you miss those days traveling together, boys? Sometimes. No. Um, I'll, Sometimes. Be honest, I'll be honest, though. I don't really – like, I don't really miss – never liked it. Yeah. I, I don't, you didn't I, like traveling? I don't like the AAU tournament thing at all because, honestly, part of the problem is – I felt like I've I got more of a um, a distorted view for like by forming too many of my own opinions about things because I'd be watching guys and be like oh that guy's ahead of this guy and that guy's ahead of that guy and then I find out when I start actually talking to sources inside the program and stuff like I've been kind of putting out some misinformation here going off of what I'm seeing and that's not equal to what they're seeing. I find from afar where I'm just seeing like the video on Synergy that it's nice now because all of these leagues are on video yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So I can go back and watch all the guys after I already know from my what, sources inside the program. Where they stand. Where they stand in the pecking order and everything. And to me, it feels I feel like I cover it better this way, for okay. one. And two, I just don't miss the actual act. But, but did you – did you ever formulate an opinion on a guy where, you, where where nobody else thought a lot of him? You did, and he actually became pretty good. Time. Yeah, yeah, that ha- I think everyone that does this, I know. Happen. And then you're also wrong about a, a bunch of guys too. Okay, fair yeah. enough. But, but I mean, it's always fun when you find. Sure. Like, I mean, like for instance, I'm all in on Lonnie Walker, who happened to go to the Spurs, which is my favorite NBA team. But I, I told Chad multiple times that summer when I watched him, I was like, I think he could be the number one player in the class. Now, after watching that Miami, the way the season played out. I was probably wrong about that. He certainly wasn't the best player in the class. He's really good. But, but I'm interested to see how he ends up long-term because I think he has superstar potential. I always, I always go back to two guys, and especially now. One, Victor Oladipo, who we both were just like gaga over yeah. when we saw him. Two, I always go back to that morning in Pittsburgh watching Donovan Mitchell. And the two of us looking at each other going, he's too – it's not if he's good enough for Cincinnati and Xavier – He's too good. You can't He's too good for Cincinnati and Xavier. And this was three months before he blew up. He hadn't been to Brewster yet. This was the stuff. He was going to Brewster that following year. So he had been at Putnam Science. Yeah. There, I think. And, and so Xavier was like, you know, we've got the had, And so line. had Louisville offered? No, no, no. no nobody. 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 Okay. Providence was his biggest offer okay. at that time. He, he was at Brewster for a year because Providence was all in on him. He just did. He had a good but not great junior year. Yeah. Providence was every game his junior year. I, I, at Brewster. Did he play for Brewster? Yeah. Year? He just he was behind a couple guys and wasn't like the guy. 
So he played, but it was like, you know, backup, two guard, whatever. And everybody thought like Providence, Cincinnati, Xavier, like that was kind of his level. And we did. We watched the first half. Like it didn't take any longer than the first half. He hit what, two 25-foot catch-and-shoot threes and like three pulled up on another long three. Yeah. And then he had like two or three just insane dunks where it was like, oh, no, like you can't get this kid. He's <laughs> – He's a five star. With I mean, with, with he'll be the now. NBA Rookie of the Year one day. And, well, and then the funny part was that, that was April, the very beginning of April. So fast forward to July, and the first event, the first day of the first event in July, you look and everybody was there. Patino was there, Mike Bray was there, Coach K was checking him out, Cowish, like everybody was at his first game in July because word had finally started spreading that. Ooh, but that was like you know it was just one of those things where UC was UC was his first offer. You see recruiting, and, and, you know, as a right? coach, wouldn't that, and it, it's the nature of the beast. Your ankle. Wouldn't that just suck? I mean, you 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 find kind of that diamond in the rough. You're the first one in the door, and you're even thinking, man, I might be going out on a limb here because no one else is sniffing at it. And at the end of the day, you just had no chance. Well, imagine being Ed Cooley. They literally right every game. Like you only get like 170 hours of recruiting. They spent like. 80 of those 170 hours on Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then get nothing. You get a big goose egg yeah, out of it. And then he blows up, and you just look like, what? You, have, you know, watching him with all these other coaches, you're like, we have no chance. Yeah, we're done. We're not getting this. We're good. sunk. That's yeah. that. And you do so much of that. Like, that is the business. Yeah, I, like, I know, right. I know it is. It's just that, that would be the most frustrating part of it. Not not missing on a kid. Not, it, it, the most frustrating part would be you saw him first. You were in on him before anybody even thought about him. And you're even thinking, man, am I going out on a limb here? And then all of a sudden, you lose. But but they were talking about this on my message board. I wasn't even involved in it. It was just some posters on my message board the other day, though. And so, I mean, it really is just sales. It is – you basically have a sales job. You're, you're building and cultivating relationships and even – even if you might not get the sale this time, you're hoping what's the, at least the time spent was worth it for building the relationship, and hopefully you get another guy from that high what, school. What's the James Fra- Penn State football coach James Franklin? His whole thing was he won't hire a, a, an assistant coach who doesn't he have an attractive like a nine. Yeah, because of the sales portion of the program. I mean, maybe that's that's probably sexist, but maybe it's an in accurate way to do it. World, it's a little easy. Yeah, I know, right? But right. I, I respect it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're still allowed to call women attractive. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I feel like that's not outside. That's not outside. I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that. But maybe James Franklin's stance on hiring assistant coaches. Yeah, if your wife is ugly, you're out. <laughs> yeah. well, probably you're ugly. a hell of a recruiter and a really darn good <laughs> coach. But, uh... no, see, I think that's only a problem if he's saying I don't, I don't hire – I only hire attractive coaches. He only hires coaches that have attractive wives. Right, but I, he, he wants them. You're hiring, so I think that's okay. Like, I think <laughs> I think you can't just discriminate the person you're hiring. So if you're saying that's a loophole, it's a loophole. He's loophole. saying I'll hire ugly coaches. They just gotta have attractive wives. <laughs> that's a good call. Um, when, when you guys traveled, who did the driving? Who did most of the driving? You, was that like by demand? You, no, you, said, you said it very definitive, Chad. Like, I'm not going to drive. I'm Rick Rory. I'm not driving. Well, I got my own driver. I got Chad Brendel. Well, one, for most of this time, you wouldn't have want me, wanted me driving whatever car I had. I mean, I, we started that when I was like 19. So okay. it was. You want a great story from the road? I can only imagine there's a few, but yes. You know where this is going. Is this the bed one? No, no. This is just the one where you guys almost had to share a bed, I think? No, this is not. I'm not sleeping with you like that. Yeah. It's not that okay. story. With great one-liner. We've, I think we've used that story before, but go ahead. So we're driving to Hampton, Virginia. We drive overnight because it's a July thing where we have to get there bright and early in the morning because games start early. So we drive overnight. I drive half the way. Rick drives for quite a while. 
and we're up all night. I've been up for like 24 hours, and I'm kind of like delirious. Yeah, that's where you you hit that stage of you've passed fatigue and you've hit like I'm wired. So Rick asked me a question, and I didn't. I heard a different question. The question that Rick asked me hearing voices is when he was up that that long was. Are you like I'm going to fall asleep driving? Are you ready to drive? And I thought he asked me something else, and I was just like, no. <laughs> and you didn't have a follow up to that? Like seriously, you're not going to drive? You got to understand that's the type of guy Chad is. Like <laughs> he'll just decide something. He I, said, I, actually, his, replay, his exact reply was, "No, that'll ruin the rest of my day." And I was like, I could see Chad saying that. Like Chad's looking out for him being tired the rest of the day. But you got to have a follow up to it. Of Dude, seriously, I'm about to die here. Honestly, was just used to it. And I was like, if he's really in that bad of shape, I'll power through it more than he will. Oh, man. So finally, like another 40 minutes down the road, because it's like a nine, nine and a half hour drive. You start hearing. No, no, no. I I see this. Yeah, that's. And I'm like, bro, you need me to drive? And he's like, no, no, no. That that conversation didn't take place till the hotel. <laughs> no, we were no, we were like 10, 15 minutes from the hotel. We were on the road. No, 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 no. It wasn't. That was the morning when we got there. We went through all games all day. Went out to dinner, everything. Then that night at like eleven p.m. back at the hotel, we had a conversation about something, and like it came back up, and I was like, yeah, well, I mean, I I was about to fall asleep in the car, and you didn't, you wouldn't even take over, and you were like, wait, what? And then I was like, yeah, I asked you to drive, and you said no. I don't ruin the rest of my day. Now, here's my follow-up to you. What question did you think he asked you? That's not important. <laughs> <laughs> just you were just a blanket no was coming out of your mouth? No, I, I, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a radio-friendly. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> we're stuck in the car for nine hours. There's a lot of things that we talk about. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine that portion of it. So I, I just thought, like, we were talking about goofy stuff and being dumb and – I thought he asked me something, and that wasn't what he asked me. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought he was going to kill me when he realized that I thought he said something else. And I just – flat out, I was like, no, nah, that will ruin the rest of my day. Do you guys ever square off after a night on the road? No. I don't care enough about anything. <laughs> well, I mean, what would we like, – I don't I, – dude, you can get under anybody's skin, Chad. I love you, but you can get under any – and nine hours with you? Nine? No, 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 no. Like like 80. Well, that's a good point, yeah, because – yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I just talk about powering through. There you yeah. go. You powered through. I just he doesn't get under people's skin. He does. Yeah. I mean, I, I less like, than you do. I feel like I'm easy going. I'm just an instigator. Like yes. Once you come at me, no, you're the guy that sticks his toe in, pulls it out, and then watches everybody else fight. Going, wait a minute. There's the guy that started it. Or once I'm in the trenches, I'm all in, and I'll like I'll use everything. I have no shame or no like recourse. I don't care. I'll just do anything I can to win an argument. But I don't usually start them. Okay. I usually sit on the sidelines and watch. He used to – there was a guy we used to travel with that would try – it was like Rick was young. Mark Maggard. Yeah. People, oh, yeah. People oh, yeah. that name. Yeah. He and did, he would try – He still do – he did Kentucky recruiting. Yeah, yeah. He vanished. Yeah. Just I, vanished mysteriously from the planet. He, he was I like a wedding he, photographer. I think he owns a comedy club. He owned a comedy club in, in Mexico, Mexico. In a laundry and like a gym. He was on like, a cruise ship. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of stories about what he's done since. You're going to find out he was a CIA agent is what you're going to find out. He's but he probably was, been rigging the 2016 election. <laughs> <this whole time. laughs> exactly. It's him. That's but, what you'll find out. But Rick was like 19 and Mark was – Probably forty at the time, yeah. And and he liked to try to like test Rick, and didn't realize that Rick was not gonna like back down. And, and these were nine hour drives too, 
where the two of them just nonstop Back for forth. nine hours were at each other's neck. I was like, I'll hand out these L's for nine hours, then if you want them, like I'm not like I'm not impressed by you at all. Well, the guy wasn't very intelligent. Let's just start there. <laughs> Intelligent enough to probably take the money and disappear. I'll give him that. I don't know how much money. He took. Well, that's a good point too. I think that probably was why he had to disappear a few times. Um, I know you guys saw the video of the fight in the AAU game. I think it was in Atlanta. It wasn't an AAU game. Was not. I thought it was. It was in Atlanta though, right? Am I am I right about that? Yeah, it was just and and it was a league game or something, but it's okay. Summer league okay. game, but not okay. an AAU game. I was like, I, I've been in enough tournaments myself where stuff like that happens. Was was there anyone that you remember though that that? That, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Like the, absolutely. Like the Donnie Brook of all Donnie Brooks. Yes. Tell Darius Latham. He's a defensive tackle for the Oakland Raiders. Oh now. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, so who was the team? Thad. Yeah, but who was the point guard? Like you, you remember um, the names better than I do. You go ahead. Xavier something, wasn't it? Well, Played for Pike High School. Yeah, this is going well. Xavier Zavi Xavier Turner. Yeah. That's right. That See, I just had to talk it out. Yeah, go. go. So, all right, I'll take it, I guess. So they play this team called Team Thad. And it was Team Thad's first year on the circuit. And they played Team Thad 16 and under. And this is a 17 and under team. Had VJ Beecham, Colin Hartman, Xavier Turner, um, Darius Latham. Re- like, really good. Zach uh, Irvin. Zach Irvin. Oh, wow. Went to Michigan. Yep. Really good team. And Team Thad presses nonstop, like UNLV 90s, like they get up in you and get after you. It'd be an AAU team that you would love to watch. Yeah. Like yeah. they just get after it defensively. They didn't even have like big names. Of the no, we didn't kind of didn't. Kids. Physical. Yeah. Like, I mean, just, much, so. I think Choiza might've been on that team, but he hadn't blown up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they play, they play this Eric Gordon team that has all these Indiana guys that ended up in the big 10 and, and really good. And they just smoke them. 30, 40 points, just absolutely smoke them. And after the game, one of the dads, Xavier Turner's dad, gets into it with the guy that coaches Eric Gordon. And a huge melee gets going. Moms and moms, dads, dads players, players, officials. Officials, but it was all internal. It was all whatever. So Darius Latham comes over and picks up Xavier Turner's dad like a child. Did he did he throw him or he just just carried just him out of the gym? Oh, I thought maybe he just did like a little helicopter no, wheelie with him, belly to belly, like in a suplex stance. Bear hugged him, picked him up off his feet, so his feet were like dangling. <laughs> Darius Lacey was like six five, six six, and the dude's like maybe five eight, five nine, <laughs> and he just walked him straight out the doors of the gym. That like, is fabulous. From, and it was like and one end of the placed room. him. Did that diffuse it? My chance? Well, I mean, most it sparked back up in the parking lot. That, that would be one. That'd be one like the, the, in the scene of Slapshot where everybody's fighting. All of a sudden, the guy's skating around the rink. It's one of the ones everybody's fighting. They look up and go. Are you watching this? Yeah. Oh, it's phenomenal. That's pretty good. That's pretty what, good. What did the parents say? I can't remember, we, but it was. No. Do you remember when we were at the gym? Um, we were at the King James tournament, and we were watching the kid that went, Matt Moyer, that went to Syracuse. Yeah. Remember that night? We were watching oh him. The parent God. was walking out of the gym and yelling. Yelling at the coach? Yeah, yelling at the coach. I can't remember. He, said he was walking out the I gym. I can't remember. Sorry, that's terrible radio. I shouldn't no, that's have done okay. that. But that's, this is such a good line that apparently. We laughed. And it was, cl- was, it, and it was clean? We still say it all the time. Yeah, it was. I think, well, there might have been a choice word, but we could have cleaned it up. I can't remember off the top of my head. Was it about his manhood? Was it about his coaching ability? Was Was it everything? No, it was like uh, one of those um, open round uh, seating games Mm -hmm. where you get like – 
one team's really good. Yeah, another one's really bad. One yeah. like just sure. dog team. Yes. And they're beating them by like 60 or something. And this dad is just going off about the coach about something very specific as he's getting kicked out of the gym. And we all just lost it. Loud, loud, enough, for every, loud enough for everybody to hear. Yeah. My, my favorite one-liner, though, of all time from July was um, this dude. I can't even remember where we were, but it was early in, early in the process, um, probably 10, 11 years ago. And ref called a foul, and this dude playing was, he looked 24, 25. He looked at the ref, and he goes, that's not a foul, son. <laughs> I like the son. Dropping that's, the son is the son, best one. Yeah, that's, that's what made it. Dropping right? the son's the best one. Because, because the ref looked back at him like, just bro, like, <laughs> maybe it's not. That, that might be my dad. <laughs> I don't know. That's not a foul, son. Like the, you know, the rough one looked back and team up, and then he looks and sees this like thirty-six-year-old dude staring back at him. He's like, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> maybe and it wasn't. that was the running like he. That actually might be his dad because <laughs> the ref was a younger dude. A lot of those they run camps. Yeah, right, right. For for guys that are getting into well, officiating, the, the the player definitely looks significantly older than the official. That's not a foul, son. That that happens occasionally, as you know, for sure. I I started one once. I started fight once. Oh, here here it, we go. Here we go. In, here we go. In, in a handshake line. Of Get all your things. popcorn out, folks. In a handshake line, and I'm I, I'm I'm not I'm not even embarrassed to tell this. Crosstown shootout style. We're playing a tournament down in Lexington. And um, my team was pretty physical. We're pretty physical, right? And we kind of manhandled this other team. I stopped pressing probably middle of the second quarter. You know, did everything to keep the score not from getting to 50, whatever. So we win by 30-ish, but it got chippy. And the coach kept yelling at me about how physical our guys were. And I kept telling them to sit down and shut up. Oh, okay. You coach your team, I'll coach mine, all that kind of stuff. And you I usually – Well, no. So in the handshake line – Sit down and shut up. In the handshake yeah. line, no matter what, I'm even if I get boat raced, I'm going to shake a kid's hand. Good job. Yeah. Well, first couple kids give me the wet fish. I'm okay with that. It was a little wet fish. Then I get the kid that looks at me and drops an F-U right in my face. <laughs> I grab him and say, I'll tell you what, that's fine, but you're going to shake my hand. Well, the coach comes sprinting over, goes, don't you touch my player. And from that point, it was the point where the cops had to come. It was not good. Was, oh, well, let's hear it. Let's hear the rest. How'd it go? No, to the credit of the KBA people, they, they came over. They He's saw no longer functioning KBA. That's correct. Um, <laughs> the guy the guy tried to threat. He tried told the cops that I assaulted him. I said, I didn't assault you. I didn't assault the kid. I said, all I asked for was a handshake. By the time we had to go literally sit with the KBA people and the cops, the KBA people finally said, we've had trouble with that team in the past. They are kicked out of the tournament. You're fine. And I said, exactly. Walked away and knew that I was right. I've got a confession. Yes. I paid that kid 50 bucks. This <laughs> you, probably, you probably did. You probably did. In all seriousness, though, if that kid— A 13-year-old telling me that? Come on now. I didn't because I didn't want to affect his amateur status at the end. Yeah, exactly. Of this. Exactly. But if that kid is done playing organized hoops now— I'm guessing tell, he what's is. Your, the, and he's listening to this podcast. Give me your Venmo. Tell me your Venmo, kid. I will pay you— <laughs> In the for that in the past. See, I'm the old guy that honestly I don't mind the handshake line. Win or lose, just I'm gonna shake your hand. You shake my hand. Uh, it's just it is what it is. I love that kid's gumption. I would tell you at age. You, like, you, you like the cut of his jib? Yeah, just looking back at Coach Skinny. F you. Well, for no reason other than you beat him by forty. I know, and I, would, I wish I would beat him by eighty. Now that I <laughs> thought about it, I'd have gone back and just kind of continued to press until the end. Hey, I can't believe the opposing coach. Didn't take well to you saying sit down and shut up. Most yeah. grown men really like that. Yeah. You know what I want to see? I want to see Darius Latham pick up Skinny. <laughs> All my legs would be dead. They'd be dangling. They'd be dangling. Yeah, that would not be a problem. They'd be dangling for sure. Um, hey, I do want to touch on one thing. We didn't. I don't think we talked about this on the last basketball one. Too. 
the, the Reed Travis grad transfer to Kentucky. Um, okay. Does that put them over the top to being the team to beat? Well, I mean, team to beat is what does it matter at this point? Because every year the team to beat is one of two teams with a bunch of freshmen. Well, but but, 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 but that's my well, like, yes, yes, but but getting a guy of that stature and that talent it's level, it's huge. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a big mixed deal. in with that. Oh, that's why I'm asking. Does that put them? Deal. It's such a big get for them, yeah. right? But like, it's still not going. Like, there are does flaws. Push them over the top. In we don't know yet. Like, because I mean, Duke has the greatest recruiting class of all time, according to Memphis. So like. We'll see when those two teams get on the floor. We'll see how all those freshmen mold together, how they defend, how the pieces fit together. Because, like, I mean, last year's Kentucky team looked really great on paper. And then we talked all year about how the pieces just didn't fit perfectly together. I mean, that could be the case again for either one of these teams. I think these pieces fit together a lot better for Kentucky than last year. I do, too. And I think Duke's pieces will fit well together. I think there's some question there because they all think they're a shooting guard. Well, or a small forward. Well, I think you can play uh, three shooting guards in today's game. So, yes, you can. Especially yeah. when one of them is Zion. <laughs> yeah. And I, he can I, play any position he wants in college. I may be crazy. I like Cam Reddish better than uh, R.J. Barrett. Oh, I thought you were going to say better than Zion. And I was like, yeah, you're crazy. I like Cam Reddish better than, than R.J. Barrett. Okay. I don't care about that. That's fine. I'm a big camera. I have no take on that. Okay, simple enough. Simple enough. Um, All right, boys, anything else? Anything final from you, Rick Boring? A little PSA for fans out there. I I saw this on Facebook. I was joking around with a guy last night. Um, One thing you guys got to stop saying when you're, like, commenting on things is don't look past a team or don't look past a game or one game at a time. You're not on the team, and the team literally has no idea what you're thinking about. You can go ahead and, like, see a tournament bracket like the Maui Invitational come out, and wonder, like, oh, don't look past Auburn. Like, I wonder if Xavier will play Duke in the second round. You can do that. Yes, you can. You're not, your mind is not connected to the team. That is correct. You don't have to take it one game at a time. And by the way, it's stupid to say about the team, too. Like, they all know what the bracket says as well, and it's not going to affect them in the first round if they're wondering if they'll play Duke in the second round. So just stop saying that as a fan. It's just dumb. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that that saying either. I'm, I'm kind of with you. Well, it's just such a bizarre thing to actually not not. not but that's the same. That, that, but that's almost the same as as the fan who will wear his his same jersey, sit in his same chair with his same pop and his same thing of popcorn, thinking that that actually affects the outcome of the game. No, no, I'm way more in on that guy who's superstitious than I am the guy who will actually verbalize one game at a time as a fan. Like, what are you talking about? It goes up there with the people on the message board that tell other people what they can and can't talk about. Yeah. That's another. I thought that was called a moderator. moderator. No, no, no. But they're not a moderator. I know that. They're just, they're like, they, they just, I have, I have like eight people on my board that are convinced that they're moderators. Chad, just shut this thread down. (laughs) Why? Why? Yeah. Why? I shut like three threads down a year that like get out of control. Like it's not something I do. We're adults. Everybody's yeah. an adult. Like, have adult conversations. I don't care. Or back out of the conversation, one or the other. But somebody inevitably gets made look bad. Chad, just shut this down. No. If I wanted you to tell me how to run the website, I would ask you. Come work for me. Come run, work for me and be a moderator. Run the website. Same, same deal as, as, as one game at a time. Yeah. Yeah. You got any final take? Or is that part of it? I, uh, I just take it back. So. All right. Uh-huh. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll take this one podcast at a time. We'll do one more. Yeah. We'll do one. Well, we're not looking ahead to the next podcast. No, we can't. But now that this one's over, we, we can. can. That's we can correct. We're not going to look ahead to any September podcast at this stage huh. of the game. Oh. Yes. Bearcats play. That's right. August, uh, August what? August 20. That's right. They got Canada. How many games? Three. Three games. I think Kentucky. Where's Kentucky going? Nassau? 
maybe? They going somewhere? Sounds right. Yeah, they're going to the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah. They, unfortunately, they play Carlton, who's the uh, Canadian champion. Yeah, that probably won't go well for the Canadian champion. You, you don't you don't want to be the Canadian champion. Actually, they, Carlton's they, usually pretty good. They beat Syracuse last year. They did beat they? Virginia Tech. Like, no, Carlton's legit, right. like, for real. But they just they, they just lost their point guard. He broke his leg. That's a problem. And there's no word if Eddie Eckior ran over him with his car or not. Well, here's the thing. That'll give Kane Broom a chance to get off to a good start, right? <laughs> you mean Justin Jennifer. Or Justin Jennifer. Yeah. Whichever one. The starting point guard. I'm sorry. Continue. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that next month. All right, boys. Thanks very much for Chad Brendel, Rick Broy. I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.